Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Insights with Experts. Joining us here today, we are very, very fortunate to have Emre, who is a country advisor at the Investment Office of the Presidency of Turkey. Now, Emre, it is absolutely wonderful to have you here today. How are you? How have things been? Great, thank you so much, Sham. I'm very happy to be part of this wonderful initiative and uh, I'm very excited to share my thoughts and also uh, hear the, you know, uh, inspiring uh, questions and will be happy to share back to, with your community. Um, so life is, as you can imagine, uh, quite a bit, you know, uh, becoming a very, you know, as usual and the days just following days uh, with the same pattern, uh, mostly because of we are not able to travel at all. Um, based in Singapore, uh, just to give a very quick background of myself, have been here for the last four years time uh, just to represent uh, a government linked organization uh, which is aiming to attract some foreign direct investment into the country. Uh, so covering the Southeast Asia uh, territory. Uh, so, <clears throat> I mean, we are all, you know, uh, gone through this same uh, adventure for the last one and a half years time so far. So we already got used to the working patterns uh, of this new normal. So in short, I would say I'm doing fine and hopefully uh, we'll do much better in the coming days. Awesome. That sounds good. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll, we'll try to make the questions as you know, inspiring as you said. <laughs> um, so I guess just to begin, I think it'd be quite interesting to get an overview of your journey and specifically what inspired you to enter the world of investing and actually eventually end up working at the office over there in Turkey. Well, um, uh, to be honest, this, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I can just identify myself uh, very shortly as a a foreign direct investment practitioner. So I have been working with the multinational companies for uh, more than <clears throat> 12 years so far. Uh, so I have started my journey back in Istanbul, the commercial capital of uh, Turkey, you know, is such a distant, uh, far market from both Singapore or Australia. Uh, but at the end, I spent like, uh, seven, eight years over there and having uh, an expertise of working with uh, mostly uh, Asian uh, companies, Asian multinationals. So the best part of doing this job is uh, I have always had chance to work with uh, multi-industry, uh, you know, groups or uh, let's say people uh, which always bring me back some, you know, very valuable expertise of, you know, having an insight uh, of different industries, particularly while they are you know, launching their uh, businesses in an overseas market. Uh, so that's why, you know, you can one day work with a automotive supply company looking for a suitable land for their constructing their uh, next manufacturing plant uh, to supply for a just-in-time uh, delivery for the OEM uh, 
you know, manufacturer. The next day you can start working on, on a very, you know, entertainment led uh, gaming or uh, multimedia or uh, let's say e-commerce driven uh, business, which will also contribute to the economy on a, a different uh, aspect, let's say. So the best part, was you know having a, a multicultural and multi also industrial expertise uh, throughout my career so far I would say right and you know the next thing I wanted to move on to now you've described the role that you do you've described your background and so on um, and I think you know one thing that happens in uni that we see quite often are students going into specific jobs not actually knowing what they entail, but more for just the actual job title itself, for the, you know, medium pay, for, you know, what their degree can actually get them, and they don't have much conceptualization of what the job actually is. Um, so I think it'd be quite interesting to, I guess, hear what the average day in the life of someone in your line of work looks like. I guess from the second you wake up, you know, perhaps this can be before COVID, after COVID, but just from the second you wake up to the second you go back home, what does that moment look like? Um, uh, yeah, you put it very correctly because it's very much different than the moment before COVID or after COVID. We need to definitely separate uh, two periods of life because, um, you know, I've, I've just been, you know, uh, gone through a proper you know, business administration and management uh, education uh, in in a college called Metu Middle Eastern Technical University, which is, uh, you know, located in the capital city of uh, Ankara in Turkey. So, which was mostly uh, specialized on uh, engineering and technical skill uh, development. But uh, most of my uh, peers, my friends, uh, other, you know, students have usually preferred to go through uh, you know, banking or financial advisory or audit and consultancy companies, uh, mostly, you know, namely the big fours that we know all over the world. Uh, but I have uh, preferred to, you know, uh, work with this organization because it was a semi-governmental uh, profile, uh, which means like it was still backed by uh, the central government, but in the meantime, I will uh, I could have chance to work with the private sector uh, just to you know uh, gain a, you know understanding and the experience of working with a uh, you know private sector mindset and uh, also growth oriented uh, business opportunity. Uh, so that's why, you know, uh, I, I just uh, applied to this organization and start working with uh, almost since my uh, graduation back in 2009. And after that, you know, uh, I had been relocated to Singapore back in 2017. And since then, I was quite often traveling, you know, they, they almost uh, I was traveling to uh, other uh, surrounding markets of uh, Singapore, uh, mostly Malaysia, which is also well, another uh, target country for us. So I would say I was spending almost a week uh, of my entire month uh, in the overseas uh, markets. And apart from that, my you know uh, biggest uh, target is 
to make new reach out. So I'm always, uh, you know, chasing after new leads because our job is lead generation, basically, to identify proper leads and report back to the HQ for raising new project pipeline uh, for new companies to make, you know, uh, either uh, Greenfield or M&A uh, investments in the country. Uh, so that's why, you know, if I may uh, summarize, like uh, there are like three components of my work. As I'm working alone as a overseas representative, I do have a quite uh, heavy, you know, reporting uh, mechanism, which I, you know, write uh, quite extensive, uh, let's say, uh, reports or uh, let's say feedbacks about the companies that we are chasing after. The next thing would be lead generation to, you know, uh, spending efforts to reach out the targets, uh, accounts or companies, contacts, whatever. And finally, uh, on the third part, which is also maybe the most difficult, but the most uh, exciting part is to holding uh, outreach events so which is mostly consisting of uh, virtual events nowadays as you can imagine uh, webinars or you know uh, some uh, sort of uh, briefing sessions uh, or panels or uh, you know just participating at the uh, global scale or regional scale um, uh, like again virtual uh, summits. So yeah, this is how I uh, usually, you know, uh, make use of my time. All right. And, you know, do you ever look back um, to when, I guess, you were in university, when you were in high school? And have you ever, I guess, thought um, of there being any specific subjects that you now, I mean, now, now that you know that you're in work, you know the skills being demanded of you, you know the jobs you have to do, do you ever look back to when you were in uni? And think, okay, maybe I should have spent more time learning this subject, or I wish I learned this skill, or anything like that. Um, uh, frankly speaking, uh, the big, the most, I think, challenging part or the setback, let's say, of my uh, current uh, job is, you know, lacking the operational part of a, uh, you know, business. So. Let's say I'm, I'm very much uh, specialized and focused on how to launch a business overseas, but how to run this uh, business is somehow missing on my uh, capability. So I wish I have, uh, you know, uh, you know, spent a little bit more time on the, uh, of course, this is a bit matter of uh, vision and they seeing the future but when we look at the today's ongoing uh, trends so the uh, funding uh, society all around the world i mean uh, you know uh, those new ventures uh, funding uh, opportunities is you know uh, plenty all over the world so i wish i had spent much more time on the you know um, how to uh, you know after launching a business, you know, how to run a business. And I wish I have spent more time on the entrepreneurship skills, just in short, you know, because if the old story goes, rely, uh, relies and goes back to the entrepreneurship, because if you have the mindset of an entrepreneur, 
you will definitely have a better understanding of the next move by your uh, account that uh, the, the you know as an account manager that I'm uh, in touch uh, with the companies uh, so better understanding of the what does return on investment mean so something that I I'm trying to propose or uh, making advice would really make sense uh, for the counterpart. So in order to better understand that, I think always, uh, regardless of the uh, domain, uh, regardless of the uh, you know, uh, faculty or the uh, specialty area that you're pursuing, uh, I think all, our friends need to concentrate on the entrepreneurship aspect of their uh, business domain. So, because at, at the end of the day, at one day, uh, I think uh, it is always very, very, you know, uh, useful to uh, having the self-confidence of starting uh, something from scratch. And also, uh, even if you are, uh, you know, fulfilling a position in a corporate world. Most of the corporate uh, world is now encouraging the entrepreneurial skills and they're uh, very much paying attention on the in-house, uh, you know, entrepreneurial uh, uh, philosophy of their employees. Uh, so that's why I think I should have uh, spent more time to you know uh, develop my soft skills on the entrepreneurship side because at that at the time of you know early 2000s as you can imagine uh, those kind of trends uh, those kind of topics were not that popular you know everyone was very much stick to to a uh, you know straightforward career line so if you follow uh, good enough a, you know a linear uh, career path then there was uh, it was most likely that you will succeed at the end of the day. But uh, as I said, uh, now we're at a point that we all uh, get prepared for a plan B, and which is, I think, nothing but uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, some tremendous returns and uh, very exciting uh, you know, uh, experiences and just, you know, having the ultimate feeling of uh, self-actualization of yourself because none of the revenue uh, levels or uh, titles would make you feel as good as uh, you know, accomplishing something on your own. All right, um, and the last, I guess, topic that I wanted to touch on was a lot more pertinent to the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, our platform is very Gen Z centric and right it would be quite interesting um because i think you're the first guest we've actually had from turkey um and you know okay. i'd like to take into, in, into account the fact that turkey has the youngest median population of any country in europe um right and I wanted to know how this impacts um i guess how turkey as a country views gen gen z you know is youth development and do you think you know the prioritization of youth development is something that is fairly important um frankly speaking uh, as all over the world uh, the future trends uh, how to you know uh, communicate better with 
Gen Z is the trendiest, hottest topic in Turkey as well. Uh, because as you have emphasized, yes, we do have the youngest population and we are not only the youngest, but uh, also the uh, er quickest and, you know, earliest adapt adopters of the each and every technology because our uh, youngsters are quite, you know, uh, ambitious and quite, uh, you know, uh, open to, to adopt the new developments, improvements, because we are coming from a, uh, you know, market where you need to always, you know, keep up with the new developments because this is the way of how to survive, you know. Uh, we are not coming from a overprivileged uh, community, I would say. So this is not, there is no such a strong legacy. And uh, in order to uh, survive and uh, keep, you know, uh, a very good level of, uh, you know, uh, and contribute to your community, you need to work hard and also you need to, uh, you know, um, always uh, be open to the uh, new, uh, let's say, uh, trends and uh, whatever comes from the uh, global scale. So I think uh, that now Turkey pays a lot attention uh, in order to, you know, uh, provide a promising future for the Gen Z, uh, and there are. You know, uh, there are so many ongoing initiatives on the public and private sector uh, in order to let them to, you know, get engaged and involved in the uh, working life uh, as early as uh, possible. And also uh, to let their, uh, utilize their potential uh, as much as uh, possible. So I think, uh, a very good uh, proof of that, uh, you know, such a fruitful uh, climate and environment in Turkey, uh, maybe could be demonstrated by the gaming sector, like, like let's say. For example, the gaming industry is booming all around the world, as we know, like uh, doesn't matter, hyper casual, mobile, uh, or, uh, you know, triple A, great, whatever the na name is, you know, the, that type of the game, but the Turkey's, you know, uh, youngsters and all, uh, you know, community itself is just doing very, you know, um, uh, impressive job. And within, a, you know, 18 months time, uh, we managed to bring along uh, two unicorns out of the mobile gaming industry, which was just established one, two years back again. So those, uh, you know, uh, youngsters are, uh, you know, having a good uh, atmosphere of uh, an environment of, uh, you know, utilizing their own skills so uh, that the community itself is just, you know, trying their best to support them. Of course, there are some generational gaps in some sort of the community, maybe because of the large uh, geography that we are sitting on, there is a divide uh, between west and east uh, part of the country, unfortunately. And there are some underdeveloped uh, uh, parts, but again, uh, at least, you know, thanks to the uh, digitalization, now it's getting much more easier for them to access to the 
you know, real time and the real opportunities of whatever happens on the Western Bloc uh, of the country. So I would say, in short, yes, uh, there is a awareness and there is a uh, kind of, you know, uh, high level of attention, you know, paid to this uh, largest part of the community. Yep. So touching a bit about what you mentioned that Turkey does pay attention to Gen Zs, that you guys are interested in gaming, for example, what are other trends, areas, industry, countries that you think Turkey or yourself is particularly bullish about and paying attention to? So this could be geography, like bullish on India, bullish on China. This could be just general categories like gaming. What are certain things that you think are the future? Yep. Um, I mean, traditionally, Turkey's, uh, you know, face has been uh, towards the, uh, you know, Western part of the world. I mean, when it comes to, you know, growth or expanding uh, your exports, sales, your presence, whatever uh, you think of, everyone was thinking about, you know, Europe and US. So that was a kind of priority uh, markets. But now uh, people have just uh, come an understanding that, you know, uh, it's not about uh, only Western bloc. So there is an amazing uh, growth dynamics in uh, Eastern bloc in starting from China to all around uh, Asia Pacific. And so that's why, I mean, that, that was the main motivation of our also organization to set up new offices, not only in Singapore, but in Japan, Korea, and mainland China as well. So that's why I would say the new, uh, like, let's say, territories that we are bullish is the Asian markets. We are trying to, uh, you know, increase the presence and awareness uh, of these markets. So we have been, you know, uh, allocating certain uh, budgets and, uh, you know, uh, also trying to make new connections between the uh, startups of uh, Turkey and the, uh, you know, their counterparts in this part of the world. So with this mission, uh, just for myself, I have been, you know, connecting with the uh, several other, uh, you know, accelerators, venture capitalists, so all those uh, smart money and new, uh, you know, money uh people for them to or let them interact with each other uh, and when it comes to the verticals i think uh, we are doing very good at gaming as you said but apart from the gaming i think we do have a strong potential on the uh, agrotech uh, for instance because as a agriculture uh, agriculturally rich uh, country let's say um, we also carry a strong potential to build up uh, new business ideas uh, to you know tap into the new markets with the some new uh, let's say uh, innovative startups for them to uh, also increase their uh, you know footprint in the uh, asian 
markets. There are several other areas that everyone is concentrating on, such as like a fintech or uh, you know medtech, whatever. But at the end, uh, I believe this is all a matter of uh, timing. So when you uh, enter into a market with the right timing, with the right strategy, so I think uh, there is no more. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, importance or the, you know, uh, much more, there, nobody is concerned about the domicile of the company. And, the, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter whether you are a Turkish or whatever else country originally. So, uh, so it's all about your skill set and your uh, integrity and your ability to integrate into this uh, new uh, opportunity gaps so as long as you can fulfill these gaps so I think there will be a uh, always uh, way to go for uh, Turkish startups so that's why I mean uh, like uh, we have managed you know uh, to bring along uh, as I said two unicorns in the gaming but there have been uh, three more uh, just in a you know couple months time uh, on the e-commerce uh, field, which is not surprising for an 85 million country. But at the end, when we look at the valuations, those uh, companies are becoming kind of reference models for the at least for the surrounding regions. So Turkey, on that aspect, is a very good place to you know tap into resources of uh, Middle East and Northern African countries as well. So. I mean, likewise, Singapore, as you, as we all know, I mean, it's uh, the best uh, entry point into the Southeast Asia uh, when you want to penetrate into, you know, surrounding markets. Singapore is always a good landing point. Similar to that, I think uh, we do have a uh, similar role in the respective region in the Middle East and Northern Africa, as I said. So uh, I think, uh, there are vast uh, number of opportunities and uh, we will see, I think uh, in an upcoming uh, three to five years time, we are expecting at least uh, five, six new you know, unicorns, even decacorns uh, coming out of uh, Turkey because uh, they are having a competitive uh, you know, uh, skill sets, both, you know, uh, ambitious right i have say said it right in the beginning and also uh, quite open to follow trends uh, so that's why not surprisingly we are uh, getting climbing up and up uh, in the groups uh, funding uh, and exit uh, you know uh, charts uh, when it comes to the tech or startup uh, ecosystem uh, so touching a bit about trends and expanding on that, has there been any specific trends or markets that you or Turkey were bullish about that didn't work out so well? Or were there any other markets or trends or industries that you or Turkey weren't so excited about that suddenly did very well? And if so, why do you think it worked out or it didn't work out? And why did you guys catch it or not catch it? Uh, let me just, you know, get this question on a uh, little bit consumer retail point of view, because 
apparently uh, Turkish, uh, like the example of I mentioned about agrofood, for example, but there had been market that we couldn't uh, really do well, although there had been tremendous efforts, uh, for instance, in Japan market. Uh, it might be mostly because of the uh, you know, strong domestic uh, trends uh, and the dynamics and if you ever try to adopt a uh, you know typical single strategy into those uh, specific markets like Japan you will most likely fail so you will definitely need a tailor-made uh, and more localized uh, strategy to fit into such markets so I think it might be a good example of uh, how we uh, failed uh, as a, you know just referring back to uh, consumer retail and consumer food food and beverage uh, industry experiences that I have known for some time from the local players in Turkey and apart from that uh, what we have done very uh, significantly uh, you know well is US market I would say because uh, again Back, referring back to this uh, gaming industry, uh, we have uh, managed to, you know, raise some uh, mobile games who have been ranked number one or number two in the app markets uh, for, you know, consecutively for several uh, months, weeks, or whatever for a very sustainable and consistent period of time. Uh, they managed to grasp all the uh, you know, in-app purchase revenues of those uh, markets. So uh, although uh, they most probably did not spend any single cent in the you know, consumer sentiments in those markets, they, although they didn't have much know about the uh, you know, consumer over there, they managed to become very successful and very profitable companies so uh, and I think it's not a coincidence to uh, those you know large fund houses or VCs have uh, preferred them to you know uh, partner with so uh, I think this might be the two uh, like let's say examples of the recent uh, commercial you know success and failure uh, uh, experiences that our companies had gone through, I would say. Yeah. So uh, we're reaching the end and we ask a final question to everyone, regardless of industry. And that is, if you have one piece of advice to give to the youth listening, what is that one piece of advice? Um, uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, always, Think of a, a multi-dimensional, uh, you know, discipline, and uh, don't be stick to a one single, uh, you know, focus area. Because at one point of your life, uh, you might need to, uh, you know, develop a skill set which will make you you know, uh, bring you in a very, you know, strong position just by, you know, having a 
very strong financially, you know, uh, financial understanding of the markets, let's say, because that, that was the one we have witnessed in the last one year's time for those who had a very, you know, financial literacy on the markets. Uh, they have made the, you know, uh, returns uh, more than that you could have done for a 15, 20 years of career lifetime. So at the end of the day, it's mostly about, uh, you know, uh, being able to understand the trends and uh, all these, you know, technical uh, analysis and whatever. And on the other hand, um, I think, uh, you know, uh, multiculturalism and being, you know, open to uh, connect and, uh, let's say, uh, ability to work with uh, other nations, other, uh, you know, cultures is a key thing uh, because on a uh, contrary to the ongoing trends all over the world politically, I think the only best way to survive and also the grow uh, as a uh, you know individual uh, will be to to make business with the uh, you know overseas markets uh, so <clears throat> always keep an open mind uh, towards the others don't be uh, just you know overwhelmed with the ideas of the common uh, like, like let's say uh, you know ongoing uh, politic arguments because they will end up uh, in a nothing so there's a you know uh, just a useless scenario for everyone involved so I think uh, at the end of the day everyone will better understand the uh, how it is useful to be able to work with others so um, being domestically, you know, self-sufficient is just a, you know, wrong theory at the end. So it will not work out. So I think that these two things, multidisciplinary and multicultural openness. Thank you so much. My pleasure.